Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, life after breaking through glass ceilings a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world. Join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I have a wonderful guest today on our show, Vivian Guzman. And, you know, Vivian and I met each other at a retreat or a, we'll call it a retreat. (laughs) It was a working retreat, though. Maybe it was a mastermind slash retreat slash training slash, right? It was a lot of different things that we were doing when we met and we just kind of hit it off. We both have these bubbly personalities, you know, and I'm of course always attracted to people that are, that are like me in that sense. And, and then we had the wonderful opportunity to go to dinner together with a couple of girlfriends that I was able to introduce her to. And, um, that's exciting too. So, um, we want to welcome you Vivian to the show. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting to be here with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I can't wait to explore some of the things I'm really excited to tell everyone about you. So let me do that without further ado. Let me tell everyone a little bit about you. Um, You're a producer, a host, an actress, and a content creator. Um, You have the uplifting show Dishing It. And we'll talk a little bit about the show um, where you spotlight inspiring world changers while celebrating their culture, wisdom, and accomplishments all over a home-cooked meal. And I was fortunate enough to see this in action uh, when we were at the event. You you uh, made that event one of the things that you could be able to do that while you were there. In fact, gosh, you know, there were a lot of people doing a lot of different things. All of us were kind of scrambling around and interviewing one another, et cetera. Um, you may have seen her on the TV series 24 with Jack Bauer, whose cell phone never, ever, ever runs out of juice. <laughs> which is one of the things that we always laugh about that show is like, how come he never has to charge his battery? I don't understand that. Um, And uh, you also had a diva character called uh, Maya Liano uh, with Days of Your Lives, and she's still in jail. She's still (laughs) in jail. (laughs) And maybe one day she'll come back to the show. We'll see what happens, Ed. Um, You've appeared on the Howard Stern Show and E! Entertainment Network and Extra. And again, you are the host of Dishing It!, And um, you're from the Dominican Republic, but raised in Brooklyn, New York, which is funny because when you all listen to her, you're going to know that she's from New York. You're definitely going to know that Um, you've overcome some uh, living in terrible conditions. We're going to talk a lot about that. A mystery health crisis in family dysfunction to become the first of eight siblings to graduate with a broadcasting degree from Brooklyn College and successfully execute a career in media. So with that, welcome, 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 Vivian. We are delighted to have you here. 
You know, one of the things that that uh, was the reason I asked you to be on the show is because you have such a great, positive, optimistic outlook on on everything. Just really a loud personality. Can I say that? That's kind of, and, and that's a compliment, by the way. That is a compliment. I didn't say you were loud. <laughs> I, um, it's a loud personality. And I really like that because, uh, you know, I, I mean, when I was younger, I was much louder than I am now, which is, I'm calmed down quite a bit in my, in my age as I've aged, but I love this loud personality because it's so attractive, you know, and I love the positive outlook. Um, and, and that really was what was most attractive to me. So tell us a little bit about, I want to kind of go backwards because I know if you came from a family of eight and I, cause I'm one of 36 first cousins, I know how big families are. It isn't easy. So you come from this family of eight, you're trying to be seen, you're trying to maybe babysit some kids. Maybe you're the middle kid. Tell us a little bit about that situation because it didn't start off. I imagine it didn't start off and it's certainly in, in the Dominican Republic with all this positivity and this outlook of, oh my gosh, life is wonderful and humanity is wonderful. Tell us a little bit about your backstory so we can understand a little bit more about you. Wow, thank you. That's a beautiful question. It's how it informs who we are, right? Everything about our history. Uh, when I look at myself in context of eight, just so you know, my father married four times before he passed away. My mom was the third relationship in marriage. It lasted 26 years. And then, you know, he left us. And that was the beginning of me having my whatever abandonment kind of concerns for myself for issues. And it led to me moving 23 times today. I fall as the youngest almost, well, the youngest between in that third marriage between my mom and dad, we are four and I'm the youngest of that. In okay. the big spectrum, I'm child number seven in descending order. And we're all not as connected still today mm. from, I guess, the ancestral trauma that has been bestowed right. upon us from all of the dysfunction. That not we even your four, the four of you together. So the four of us together, I have a sister that I just adore. Her name is Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. She's the second oldest. And then my brother Elvis is the three years older than me. That one is, is an interesting relationship. We're in, we're out, but there's nothing in particular that stops us from being in, in the relationship as, as siblings. And then the oldest one, we don't really talk. Yeah. So wow. there's a lot there. There's a lot that has happened. I have only but love really for my family, but the only thing that I feel like I could do is survive. And yeah. when I'm in survival mode in relationship to my family, it means that I need to protect uh, my positivity and, and my heart and my and how I and how I live my life, because I I tend to give so much mm -hmm. um, and I'm very generous, but people take advantage of that. So I've learned to now protect who I am. Yeah, I think that's important. And, you know, we have um, I mean, I, do, I don't know everything about your childhood. So I want to I want to get a dig a little bit deeper into that, because, you know, we we all have dysfunctional families. <laughs> There's no question about it. I mean, even my own kids are sometimes dysfunctional, you know, and I, I look at that and I think how I thought we did everything right this time. And, you know, it wasn't what our relationship was with our family. And, you know, and you wonder how it just kind of seeps in all the time, this dysfunction that, and we're just, we're humans. We all have different personalities. Um, 
but yeah, and I, I, you know, my family was dysfunctional. My father was an alcoholic and my mom was a verbal abuser. So, you know, I had to be perfect. I thought if I'm perfect, my dad won't drink. If I'm perfect, my mom won't yell at me. And, you know, I got tired of doing that because it was people pleasing, you know? And so, so give us a story. Tell us about a story that, that would really lend itself to us understanding how you started pleasing people and how you were started giving to people. And then maybe the moment that you said, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I have to worry about me now. It's interesting because I feel like I'm always battling that I'm done, right? I think it's yeah. more of a recent conversation in the last seven years, like validly. I think it wasn't until 2018 when I went to Tony Robbins with my husband that he went and lost like a hundred pounds almost, my husband wow. in about a year after being you know, illuminated by Tony Robbins. And for me, I think it was the first time that I realized that, you know, am I whoring myself (laughs) the way Tony Robbins would say, am I giving to receive? Am I giving because I'm expecting? And I had to really find out why do I give so much to the point that it's unhealthy for me, that I'm spent physically, emotionally, because I love to feed people and I love to make them feel beautiful. And I think when I was younger, uh, it started with not wanting to get in trouble. My, my relatives were by far more rebellious and my father was so physically abusive and it wasn't like we didn't know it was the way we lived. So when we think of it that way, we have this modern, but it was discipline. And, you know, but one time my, you know, my father went and, you know, took a, a, his cane and beat down my oldest sister because she had her hand on the television. And we're talking the television back in the day. That's like a big box. The turning the knob television. Yeah. And she had her hand on it and she wouldn't let go. And my father, it just, it hit the fan and he just beat her and I watched it. And that was just the beginning of so many of watching my father being that way it was his way or the highway. So I knew that when I was in my household that I just needed to be quiet, that I needed to be somewhat invisible, but I was such a hyper and talkative and nervous child. Um, <laughs> uh, in, in interesting because I made the comment of being a loud personality and you said you had to be a quiet personality. So interesting. You finally found your voice. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Um, well, you know, I feel like I'm always struggling to share what it is that I'm feeling yeah. and and, and I feel like it's hard for me to, to really be and, and express myself fully. Like the, I have a tendency to see things in black and white and to be very dramatic about my emotions. I wanna flip the table upside down. And then I know I can't do that. So internally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then verbally, I just, I try to become very diplomatic because I know that that doesn't work, but that's been a lifelong, like five years of a lot of self-awareness to get to that. And I have a lot of a lot of tutelage with my husband in terms of diplomacy because he's the most diplomatic person I know, and he's so gentle and kind. So now I look to to share in kind more so than whatever I think my opinion of something could be. I lend yeah, the yeah. more. How old were you when this happened with your sister? I and also to give you another example, my sister. I was about ten. Okay. Yeah. Very much. And between 10 and 12. And I also, my father once slapped me when I was seven years old, thinking that I may have cheated in school. In in our household, you were wrong before you were right. There was just no contest mm. and you knew better. So I would do, I would clean, I would be quiet. My father would sit in the plastic covered velvet couch. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, baby. I remember in the those. Republic heat. And the <laughs> room was right, like 
I don't know, about three feet away from me. Yeah. And I would have to carry the buckets of water because we don't have electricity and yeah. without electricity, they take it away all the time. You had to carry the, you had tanks of water and you, I would bring it in a bucket to the kitchen and I was responsible for doing the dishes. And as I'm, <laughs> and as I'm doing the dishes, my father would scream, Coño! like, stop it. Like, damn it. It's yeah. so loud in here. And I'm like, I'm trying my best to be quiet. <laughs> So I think yeah. I still today, I still like, I don't want the, it's insane, right? The, the dichotomy of that. I don't want the attention on me unless I want the attention on me. So it's sort of like, I'll sit in the back of the room and I'd rather observe than be the first one in the front row. I don't always need the spotlight only when I need it. It's like this tug of war. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Cause I, I know, I know, kind of know that feeling. Cause you know, I'm always the, the person in a room that I have, they say, does anybody have any questions? Yes. Does anybody have any comments? Yes. And I'm thinking, okay, just be quiet. And then I wait and then there's crickets and I'm like, okay, fine, fine. I have questions, you know, and I, and, and I'm always struggling with that because I don't want someone to think that I'm trying to highlight, you know? Yeah. So I, I get that. And I understand that. So how did that transpire into your teenage years and going to college and, you know, you finally got away and you're at college, right? And you're like, yay. But, but you know, how does that, how did that transform into your education and then subsequently into your career and relationships? Wow. I want to get back to what you just said before. And I think that when you share and when you ask questions, you add so much value. I sat there in awe of you at that retreat that we were in and I, and I was I grateful that you asked those yeah. questions. So yeah. I think that I applaud you for doing that. It gives me courage to do that. So I disagree. I think you need to keep going there. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, remember you saying that now. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So much. insightful, so full of value. And I love that. Thank you. Um, I, I say, I, let's see. So it was a very big question. <laughs> so how did this inform how I went and operated? In, yeah. In how does it appear in everything that you do? Yeah. I think that I feel I'm, I was tentative. It fear always comes up. It's mm -hmm. always there. It's always like, I'm not good enough. My father would say sometimes, and of course you remember all the bad things. My father was extremely amazing, but I remember what stood loudly on me. He would be like, oh, you're sitting on my lap and buttering me up because you need, and you want money from me. And that just sank in me deeply. I mean, I never, that never left me. I don't like feeling a need to have anybody help me. I have a hard time asking for help. I don't, um, I could be drowning and I'll be like, I don't think so. My yeah. father would also say not a borrower nor a lender be, I am not, you know, and this pride is in there and it's good and it's not good. Uh, it served its purpose. And I have to reevaluate when I'm thinking of it and, an egotistical way. Yeah. Uh, we all operate on ego in order to be the best that we are. And we have to, in order to be here on camera today, right? We have yeah. to bring out yeah, the sass pot and the person that likes the spotlight and honor her. But at the same time, it's sort of like, what do I do with this information, right? When it comes to my father and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and now I look at it and I, 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 I know I have to look out for that. That's, that's a, like something I work with actively for myself. I, I feel also that in many ways, I love your book, 
Don't tell me I can't. I love the defiance of that, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the title of that, the impetus. And I feel that I felt like, really, you don't think I'm going to mount to anything because my father didn't. He had a certain vision of us being pure or being this lovely thing up until we hit our teenage years. And it's a very machista way of looking at life. And then he was checked out. And he couldn't help it. And I and he's one of 13. I don't know his storyline. I've since forgiven him. But it did show up in the fact that I didn't show up to his funeral because I was livid. And he was now, he left my mom for someone else. And in my household, there was a lot of um, racism going on in our culture. And that's probably hard to imagine. I don't know if it is for you, but in the Latin culture, you know, the whiter you are, the better it is. You know, you marry white to better the race. You know, we came from all of that. And I'm a mixture of being Dominican and my father from Spain, my mom's dad from Spain. So there's like, I'm 70%, if not probably more Spanish. Right. And, and I only was born in Dominican Republic, came to New York and to Brooklyn when I was a month old spent 10 years in Brooklyn. My parents retired. I spent two years in Dominican Republic, came back for a year to renew our passports, went back for two years. And then I came back, I was 15, 16 years old. And then I threatened my mom, listen, I'm gonna run away from home if you go back, because I just don't (laughs) like it there. I'm not going back. Yeah, (laughs) Enough already. And, And just being subjugated to Um, not being heard yet again, because there's such a machismo language that we grew up with is infuriating. And it's like a quiet infuriation. I am very feminine. I I love to honor the masculine energy in myself and in others. And so to find that balance and to find somebody who can handle that, like it's easier now, we're in a post hashtag me too, or, you know, right after it, it's ruhaha. But And when I grew up, (laughs) it was nothing like that. So you knew that you had to know your place. So where does it all fit? I decided I needed a better life. I'm going to college. I'm doing this. And I didn't go away. I had a boyfriend. I was in love. I didn't want to leave my Italian boyfriend. We ended up breaking up. I ended up going to St. Francis College. I thought I wanted to study psychology. From then I went to Brooklyn College because I couldn't afford the tuition anymore at St. Francis. And all of the government assistance that I had didn't, I wouldn't have finished the work for me. So I went to Brooklyn College, got my degree in broadcasting, and my parents wouldn't allow me to be involved in sports. I couldn't be an actress. So when I graduated from college, I chose broadcasting because it was closer to the limelight. Right, right. <laughs> and now yeah, well, I was going to ask you, how did that, you know, how did that manifest going into being an actress? Now, by the way, is your mom, is your mom still with us? She's still with us. She yeah, lives so in an, she... an independent home. Oh, in good. Living. But how does she feel about everything you've accomplished? So <laughs> she is today very proud. She, we have had a very complex relationship mm-hmm. and our relationship is one of, of love now. And it's beautiful and it's complex because she's starting to lose her grasp on her reality a little bit. So right. she started to become very forgetful and mm-hmm. she's very much about, she's a one trick pony. She likes to see things a certain way. My mom is very myopic in her view of the world and life. But I think because she loves me, because I'm working on different ways to communicate with my mom, I help bring positivity. She's very negative sometimes, if not all the time. So I have to remind her of of the opposite being true. 
and I show her that and I spoil her and I let her know that she's loved and I remind her that all her children love her. And I think she knows that and she feels that. And the more you hear something, repetition never gets old. You got to love up on people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, you know, and I was going to ask you, you know, is she, um, let me just ask this question. Do you know she's proud or has she told you she's proud of you? She has, she doesn't understand what I do. I, I, I finally showed her an episode. I finally, um, I have an episode coming out with Karen Hoyos and she saw it and she was like, oh my God, that reminds me of this and on that. You know, I see people on television. You should be on television. You're so much better. You remind me of this. So the compliments come in <laughs> right. the way she views the world. And she'll say, I know whatever you do, I just want you to be happy. I want you to know that I love you. And yeah. to me, that's all I need to hear. Yeah. So yeah. she doesn't understand it. She she's like, well, are you making money? Does it make you money? Oh my God, you work too hard. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, well, that's what you have to do in order to make it. And she wants to go, well, if anybody can, you're smart. I know you will. And so yeah. that gives me hope. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, you know, I think, uh, I think for all of us, you know, listening for everyone who's listening is we are evolving every day, right? We have this personal development and personal growth that happens all day long. That's why we could, we could technically do this podcast over and over and over again, because there's something new you're learning. There's something new I'm learning that we can share. And I think that we're all going, you know, through those types of things. But, you know, when we, when I talk about this particular podcast that's going from success to significance and everything in between, right? Some people that I interview, it's they were successful and now they're significant. Others, it's just a whole, uh, you know, pathway, or maybe they're in the middle of the pathway. So you've had this successes um, as a media personality, right? And, and uh, you've been on some shows and things like that. What, what was the transformation or why the transformation into cooking? Where did the cooking start? And I know you love dishing it. <laughs> I love the name because it's, I just love the name. I'm dishing it out. Um, but what was the, the uh, purpose behind, hey, I'm going to have a cooking show, number one. I mean, I, I get the show because you're media. Why cooking? And then why the topics that you have behind it? Because I know it's deeper than any dish that you're, that you're preparing and there's so much depth to it, but where did that come from? What, what was that, that you felt that you needed to sort of tap into humanity, tap into stories that people have, where, where'd that come from? Oh, thank you so much for asking that question. That's so awesome. <laughs> um, I get excited about this and it gets me emotional at the same time. I had a health crisis about eight years ago and I thought I was dying. So it's hard to remember it. Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But today I feel more connected to that. I guess because I need okay, to get back. I pull to this out of a lot of people. I apologize. <laughs> it's not intended, but it does come out quite frequently in my podcast. <laughs> um, it's yeah, good. it's, it's uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good to share what's yeah. in my heart. So yeah. I was losing my hair. Mm -hmm. I was, my face would blow up and it just happened out of nowhere. And I was having a date night. I had a branzino. I had mushrooms, tomatoes, beautiful Mediterranean meal. I cooked it myself. I thought I knew enough about food and what I was doing and had never had a problem in my entire life mm -hmm. until this mm -hmm. day. And then this day became the beginning of the new normal. 
And it took two years of an odyssey of me, my stomach blowing out to here, gaining 15 pounds, losing opportunities from work because I had, you know, gained the weight and I was a presenter for the auto shows at the time and traveling around the country and standing in heels. And in the process of all of this, I'm like, no, we got to, you know, we got to, you know, been doing a marathon. I've been like pushing hard to be the best that I could be. And now this happens. And the balding part was really getting to me, like losing my hair all the hair and everything. And it was just unbelievable. I couldn't keep anything in my stomach. Everything was coming out of every direction. It was rashes on my body. It was, it didn't make any sense. And that's when I started reading labels. And when I started to really pay attention to it. And it's a very personal thing, food, culture, mm-hmm. spices, and to not to be restricted from eating when I had the world at my feet. I, I find food as an expression of life. And I find beauty in everything from the food, from how you, the way that the colors look in food, from yeah. how I make it to how I present it. It's art. You know, it's like, I also, I love everything about making someone feel loved in every way, because if it looks beautiful, you want to eat it. And that's how I'd always been. I just, I just took it for granted that that I could live this way forever, I guess. But when I started learning about what we do, our environment, all of that, we won't get into it, food, babe, Dr. Mike Hyman, Anthony Williams, all of it, way before that though, we didn't have all of that languaging. I didn't know, I wasn't aware. So I was just reading the labels and starting from scratch. I I started to entertain and carry my aroma grill throughout the auto show. And in my hotel room, I was making Branzino and all of these foods. And the more I could eat, the more I started sharing, the more the conversations that took place. But I kind of knew that the chapter of my life where I was at the auto show was behind me. And that's when I started thinking, what would be fulfilling? What is not being spoken of? And it's and it's uh, to me, the conversation is, is the connections of all the misfits that we were when we were on the road, right? All of my friends are living this life that, you know, we're dynamic, we're on stages, we're everywhere, and it's super fun, but it's also very alienating. So this was a place to commune, and it was a place to bring all people from all backgrounds. And a lot of us have a lot of pain and hurt. And I thought, these are the stories that we need to share. This in itself is, and I need to illuminate, and I didn't know how. So I thought after 10 years, I really did believe like, my God, maybe this was a waste of my last decade. And, you know, as I was being squeezed out and put in smaller markets, I started to feel really hurt. And I was like, how am I here again? And, you know, it's like, if you don't like where you are, you're not a tree, just move, right? Right, (laughs) right. That kind of illumination kind Mm -hmm. of happened simultaneously before I went to Tony Robbins. And then when I went, I said, What if I act as if I am the spokesperson and talk show host of my own show? And then I joined Unblinded and then I learned about resourcefulness and I just snapped out of it. And I just thought, how can I bring this dream to reality? I started to hire people, but it took one girl from the auto show who made those 10 years valid. Her name is Lenore Kaur. She's a producer of her own show. And she was here asking me for something randomly. Hey, what about this triathlon in your neighborhood? I'm like, dude, you live in California. <laughs> what are you asking me this for? Right. <laughs> Next thing I knew, she's living 10 minutes away, fiance, set, came over for dinner, made her a gorgeous meal. And she was like, what are you waiting for? I'll produce your show. And that's all it took. Wow. And that's to put the wheels in motion. And she's helped me. I, I guess it was the first time I scheduled myself and went through with it. And that was the end. That was the beginning of me savoring where I wanted to go. So that's how Dishing It was born. 
Yeah. And I love that too, because, you know, I, I love that you said that you scheduled yourself and now you're in control of your destiny. Whereas being an actress, we all know this, you know, being an actress, being in media, everybody else is in control of your destiny based on whatever you look like today, whatever is hot today, what's on trend, what isn't, you know, um, you know, and I'm amazed by just all the the difficulty that goes in that. And the only reason why I'm saying that is because I was in pageants, right? And it's that same thing. It's the same mentality and pageants, um, you know, that I experienced all my life. And, and, uh, you know, I just got so tired of it and saying, well, you know, I think I'm great, but you don't think I'm great. And so now I'm questioning, am I great? I don't really know if I'm great. Right. And so, and so I needed to just push that all aside and say, no, I think I'm great. Now I'm going to do the great things, uh, you know, for myself. So I, I love that. Now I know you, you started dishing it not too long ago, right? So let's talk about, here's what I want to ask you of the shows that you've done so far. (laughs) Can you point to one, one show or one moment in a show that you can recall that is the most poignant moment and the aha that said, yeah, I'm doing this and this is making an impact. That's really wonderful. I think that there are, I have four or five episodes that I did not use because it was my first four. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. just felt like the vision wasn't there. And it's so hard to have a vision, snapshot it, Polaroid it out, to explain it to somebody so they can make it happen. So the relationship of all of that was so overwhelming to me. I, I think the first, there was a second or third episode that I did. And this guy, his name is Trip, And he's an instructor at Lifetime, this gym nearby. Mm-hmm. That's really amazing. And he has, he gets up every day and he does these inspiring spin class that he just goes in there and talks about beautiful stuff. And I had just uh, read the book of joy with Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama. And when we came and we filmed the episode, I convinced him to come. He was not even a camera person and it was its own thing. Yeah. We sat down and we were recording in my living room and I opened the book as we were filming to the perfect quote where I had put his name on it because it had reminded me of something. And I was, I just, that's when you know that source is saying, you're here, you're doing what you're supposed to do. And I have to tell you on every show or any day that I feel like I have doubt, there's always some sign that lets me know that I am in the right path. And it's all I live on really. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all do. It's amazing. I I have these, uh, these little quote cards that I have every day that are sitting in front of me and, uh, and I randomly grab them right? I randomly grab them. I randomly put them back in. I randomly grab them and I'm always grabbing it. And sometimes I'll go, Hmm, I don't know what this means, but by the end of the day, I'll know what it means. Or sometimes I'll pull and go, Oh, it's exactly what I needed today. Right. Exactly. And one of them I always keep with me, which is stop proving and start living. And, and that one was so perfect for my life. Like you were talking about too, right. In your, in your past, um, Mine was all people pleasing, pleasing, right? And I was just proving, 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 trying to please everybody, trying to please everybody, you know, to just get someone to say, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm so proud of you. You got this right. And uh, there was a point in time in my life where I was done. I said, I'm done proving and I'm going to start living. This card said that years after I said it. 
Hmm. Right. And I happened to pull it on. I went, wow, you know, just keep going, keep going, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Right. And, and, uh, you know, and I think that, that, that is true. And I think divine intervention by God is just, it's around us all the time. Um, yeah. So I think that's really good that you've had that. Who is your most fun interview so far? Fun interview. Like you laughed the whole time. <laughs> I, I laugh so hard. Uh, I think r recently I had my editor and videographer, Matt, who wanted to come to experiment on flipping the format, changing it upside down and whatnot. I'm not sure we succeeded in what we accomplished. <laughs> because you were laughing. So. We, we laughed a lot. We enjoyed, we always have so much fun together. So that was great. I, what's the next person? God, there's so many. I, I, there's always some laughter built into almost everything that we do. It's like it depends on the excitement. I think Jan Hargrave, she's a uh, one of the nation's leading body language experts, who's been on Tony Robbins. I that one was interesting. I thought I I made a mistake. I screwed up. I thought she was about two hours away from me, and it, she was. Anyway, I only had one hour instead of two for the virtual cook-off. And that one, I needed to really get to it really fast. And I was making a shrimp gumbo for her. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. So that- We laughed a lot. She came in with the uh, Mardi Gras beads and she's just such a hoot. And as a body language expert, how could you not have fun? Everything becomes about, oh, yeah. am I doing this right? Is my face okay? Am I oh, doing- Everything that you say, right? Like, oh, did I open my arms out right? Are my palms showing so that they know I'm giving? And yeah, I know just everything that goes along with it. Yeah. That's exciting. So there's an aspect that that our listeners and viewers need to see, need to understand about this is that um, how are the recipes decided? So my goal is to really honor a childhood memory or a, a real deep connection to your relationship with food. We all have different relationships with food. And I, I think that's the most important thing. What brings you home? And that's where I kind of take it. Yeah. I also yeah. try to have a very diverse cast because I feel that the more we represent, the more we show who we are, the more we love because there's, you can't love and hate at the same time. Mm -hmm. And there's always a lending ear when it's over food. So it's like your heart on a platter. And that's why I, I choose that. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because it's always, you know, someone's cultural food that they were raised with or something that, you know, they created, you know, maybe a husband and wife created together. Um, so it's not really from way back, but it, maybe it's something that has transpired, you know, in, in the beginning. And I, and I think that that part of it is very interesting, you know, why you're cooking the food that you're cooking. And I know that you put a little twist on it to make sure it's very colorful. Cause I know you're very colorful. Um, that's probably a better word for you is like a colorful personality. Um, cause I don't intend for the loud to mean bad things. No, it's really good. No, um, I know what you meant. I think and you I'm mean totally a loud person, loud, loud personality. I get it. Um, someone told me I was very aggressive and I was like, no, 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 please don't use aggressive. Use assertive. That's okay. I can handle assertive. Yeah, I, I, that's, that's a, in, in, you know, people I think sometimes have a vision of or are threatened by a woman whose confidence is profound. And I yeah, think you're absolutely, absolutely. Is, is like, I you love shine it. from your shoes all the way up and you beam out and you're, I love that. Bring I on more of you. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, bring it on. Yeah. I totally love it too. And I know that, you know, one of the things that, that you're really focused on, I mean, not only bringing something that means something to the people and making sure it's colorful food, you know, and it's coming from all, all areas and stuff is that you're creating, um, you know, this inspiration to help others, you know, realize. So tell us a little bit about that as we're kind of finishing up our time together. Like, tell us, tell us a little bit about where the inspiration comes from, because I really want people who are listening to this to come and watch yours as well, right? And get inspired, not only from, ooh, that's a really good recipe, but, um, and the challenges that other people have overcome in their lives, but where's the inspiration? What kind of inspiration are you looking to provide to your viewers that we all can is the simple answer huh. uh, tell me i can't <laughs> <laughs> that we all can i yeah i am not a chef i'm a really great cook yeah i am a jack of all trades a master of none but probably better than having none of the above yeah. so motion breeds clarity. And I didn't have that confidence. I want people to know that whatever they're dreaming, whatever's in their heart is something they need to pursue. I yeah. had the, the next hurdle, which was we hit the pandemic. I'm not techie. So yeah. I had yeah. to learn how to set this up. Like when we started at the beginning early, I'm like, wait, I'm going to use my camera. I'm going to do this. I love editing on an app, but I don't know how to edit necessarily on a, on a bay. I don't know how to use iMovie and I don't necessarily want to. I love what I do here and it's about the snappy stuff. So I feel that you can, even when the world was going awry, I used my energy to try to uplift because yeah. I thought we were all going to die at the time. Yeah. You know, I thought this was the end of humanity as we knew it. The pandemic was really, really real and really- uh, Well, and especially uh, where you're at. It's where, where it started. We were the containment zone originally. Yeah. When I thought yeah. it was a joke, it would be done in a week or two, we all did. And then all of a sudden this just grew forever. And then I needed an outlet so that people would know that we could. And that's how I met so many beautiful people that were available, gratefully, that were able to share their expertise. And in so doing, when you surround yourself with people who inspire you, it drives an energy within you to want to do more. Oh, no question. And, and I think there's a key difference between motivation and inspiration, right? Inspiration is an inside job. Motivation is us trying to get motivated from someone else, get our motor running, you know, by some kind of exit, get your motor running, you know, by some kind of external, you know, piece of it. And, and I think that that, you know, is super, super important. And, you know, and I've watched your, I've watched your show and I, I know that, you know, when you were, when it was during the pandemic, you were doing a lot of you know, have a cheers, you know, through the screen and through our little Hollywood squares here, we're doing the cheers. I will tell you, you know, it's funny. I mean, because we both don't David Fagan and, and Isabel, um, this is before they got married, but, uh, you know, when the pandemic came, we had a double date with them on the pandemic, in the pandemic. So we, we cooked our food, they cooked their food. We happened to share what our food was. And then we just chatted and kept in and, and got together with, you know, with, with each other and had a little double date on, on zoom. And it's funny that you're dishing. It is very similar to that without us knowing. I mean, I had no idea. I had no idea that you had the show. Cause I just met you, but you know, it was, it was inspirational and we started doing it. We started doing it with everybody. It's like, okay, let's double date. And here's what's funny. We double dated with people we'd never double dated before, ever. Mm, I like that. Because they're in Phoenix. We're here. Mm -hmm. 
We're here in Virginia. And there was no, we had never double dated ever. <laughs> We'd never, we haven't double dated with some of our friends from high school and college for years. And we double dated for dinner during the pandemic. So isn't it marvelous that we could do that yeah. um, now via Zoom and yeah. it, Zoom is the next gateway to our connectivity globally? Oh, no question. Yeah, no it's question. And we said, let's not, let's not stop just because it's the pandemic. Let's continue to make this a regular thing, you know, where we're eating with each other and kind of, you know, and not just having the phone call for happy birthday, happy anniversary, all those things. So I think that's really cool. What would you, well, first of all, the first question I have is where can people find your show? They can find me at VivianGuzman360.com. They can find me on Instagram with Vivian Inc. or Dishin It. They can find me on YouTube with Vivian Inc. as well. Awesome. So Vivian Inc. is just the one thing you need to remember all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian Inc. Vivian yes. Inc. So we'll have those links. We'll make sure we have the links in here as well. What quote guides you? Let's leave what with quote? what quote. What quote guides you in your life? That always varies. Recently, I was watching um, a lady named Jess. I know I have a quote somewhere here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't you love me putting you on the spot? It's so funny with people. And by the way, those of you that you guys listening here, let me tell you something. I don't pre-plan. I get people asking me all the time. Now, Vivian, people ask me all the time. Well, can you send me a list of questions? And the answer is no. I can't <laughs> because I am so curious about people that I will spend, look at, we've been on this for 45 minutes. We could go forever because <laughs> I have so much curiosity for people. And so, yeah, I love pulling people. You know, this is real. This is real. It's like, yeah, I have a lot of quotes, but I can't think of one right now. Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, me I, think. I am. The, right, I'm yeah. working on like yeah. really actively trying to memorize one that suits me. But yeah. every day I find something that's like, oh my God, that's exactly what I needed to I know. hear. Oh, listen, I oh. love with quotes. I love, love quotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. there's a gal named Jess Ekstrom that I stumbled on yesterday. I was looking at a lady named Patrice Pulitzer and they were having an interview together. And one of them said and took the quote where, you know, think of what it, would you do what you do uh, if you knew you could fail? And I like that. That's a spin on somebody else's quote. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you if do you what knew you were going to fail? Would you still do it? Yeah, that's a better question. Because you love it so much. Yeah. And then uh, Winston Churchill has gotten me through a couple of times here. So he has one that says success is not final. Failure is not final. It is the courage to continue that counts. Yeah. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. Quote. That's true. It, it is. It is that I love. Yeah, I love that quote. I think I've heard that quote before. It kind of it's been a while since I've heard that quote. But yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because um, <laughs> I went yesterday, we were in this in the, in the pool with our grandkids and my grandson had a quote, he quoted, and he said, he said something about greatness. He's four years old, right? Cause he hears us quoting all the time because we're all entrepreneurs. So we all have like a good quote, we're like, what's a good quote for dinner, right? That we could say, Hey, anybody, anybody hear a quote today? And, uh, you know, cause we were all together on vacation and we're going, Oh, what's a good quote. And um, he said, what was his quote? His quote was something about greatness. He goes, it's, it's uh, greatness is not earned. It's, it's achieved through hours and hours of work or something like that. This came from a four-year-old in the pool. That's genius. Talk about being an outlier. <laughs> 
And we just died laughing. Ten thousand hours. Out. He's right. If he starts now, he's already started. Yeah, yeah. Don't we all wish we had that right in the back in the back time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can. I wish you continued success on success on dishing it. I cannot wait to see more of your shows coming out. I can't wait to see more of the food because I'm a foodie as well. Um, I happen to be plant based. So what would I make you? What would I make you? Different. Well, um, it would be different for me because I would probably step away from my plant based for just a moment. You know, to do that. I mean, I'm a veggie freak. So I would love lots of veggies, but, um, but if I were going to go with heartfelt, mm -hmm. you're going to die laughing when you hear this, but, uh, the big thing that, that everybody likes me to make. And the thing that reminds me of my mom and the thing that reminds me of my grandmother is biscuits and gravy. Oh God, that sounds so good. I'm starving now. <laughs> right. We used that to make the celery ginger apple I had this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we like biscuits and gravy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do it without sausage now, but I would do it. I would do it. Cause I, I mean, it's not like I'm opposed to meat. It's just that my body likes not having meat. <laughs> right. Love it. And, um, but yeah, we always had big biscuits and gravy up at um, our family's cabin. And it was always made on a wood burning stove that my grandma, you know, shoved the wood in and it was on skillet pans. And, and I learned how to make biscuits and gravy that way. And they're just to die for. And there's no place I've ever eaten that has had biscuits and gravy as good as mine. So what is your cultural background that I'm 100% German? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Let's make Wiener schnitzel. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Well, there's some things I like Fred and, and I, I like some things, you know, but yeah, we're kind of the bland. That's why biscuits and gravy are so good. Right? Potatoes, you know, potatoes are on un Southern Euro, my friend. They're awesome. Yeah. And thank God they're plant-based because then I can have them, you know, potatoes right. and, you know, those, those types of things and sauerkraut, you know, I love sauerkraut. So mm. yeah. Yeah, I love it too. I made up, I had a Polish episode and that was an interesting story of survival and an immigrant story of like leaving as a nanny and escaping in the middle of the night with this suitcase, falling in the freaking pool and getting out into a cornfield in order to escape a family whom she felt kind of kidnapped by in a way. Wow. <laughs> I mean, dramatic stuff. Anyway, she's Polish and I made stuffed, cap st um, stuffed cabbage leaves with with uh, sauerkraut, yeah. but I made it vegetarian. So I added mushrooms and a, a bunch of different things, which I can make for you sometime. You'd love it. Yeah, no, I love, I, I absolutely love all that stuff. And it's so funny because I married an Italian. Mm. And um, so he's all about spice. I'm not. So we always are making two dishes during <laughs> the day because I'll say, here's my dish with a little bit of salt and pepper. And here's your dish. Good luck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And he usually adds more to it anyway. Um, and here we are, we're about ready to celebrate our 39th wedding anniversary tomorrow, actually. And um, thank you. And we still, I still make two meals every time we do it. It's like I carve it. I put a little bit in a bowl for me and I put a little bowl for him. And then we add all the spices for him because he's just all about that spice. And you know, he's all about the spice, about the spice. No, spice. <laughs> Um, you must have gotten married at the age of zero the minute you came out of the womb. Amazing. Oh, yeah, Congratulations you. to that. I want you to know that I'm loving your book. Oh, thank you. I just got a box of those out here uh, at the house just today, right before our, we started our call. I just got a new box of them. Yeah. This thank is you. such a game changer because it's digestible. 
interactive, engaging. Thank I am you. so going Thanks to take for promoting that. It's uh, called Impact. Uh, for those of you listen, not listening or yes. not watching, it's called Impact. And um, as you can see, I've scratched it away. Yeah. I love the fact that you have these QR codes. The QR I think codes at the end, we're just interviewing the authors, get to know them. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes me, because you know, you're reading a little bit and you know, somebody Instagrams you and you're like ADD and all of a sudden right. I'm like, well, you know what? Let me just use my phone right. and let me find that QR code. comes off the it page. It comes to yeah. life. And it, it's it is. Yeah. And brilliant. we're doing that now. We're, we're actually in the process of doing that right now. We're doing volume two. And so we're seeking uh, people who have acronyms that would like to be in the book as well. And we have some celebrity um, celebrity authors in that book as well. And we're going to be hopefully releasing that in October volume two. Yeah. I can't That's wait. Exciting. I can't wait to see more. I was very, I loved uh, Steve Sims. I have. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All. I mean, that's, what's so great about it is that it's like these funny puns. It's, it's poignant, it's spiritual, it's business and it's funny. And he's the one who has, he's got a really funny one in there. So really it's beautiful. It's also, I mean, the fact that he had somebody, you know, like a, a dinner at, that would be my dream, by the way. Oh if my I could gosh. Dream. Yeah. And at that uh, Andrea Bocelli was the song in my wedding, you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. To have him come in and sing and then close in a down museum at night. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Yeah. He puts on those big events and that, and that is his claim to fame. You know, he definitely talks about that a lot. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he does, he does something similar to you in the fact that you're doing this with food, helping inspire people. And he does it, you know, with events where he's helping people, you know, go big, go big or go home. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is for him. He's very to the point, very to the point kind of person. And uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, he looks like Mr. Clean, just so you know. He looks exactly like Mr. Clean. And then when he starts talking, he's from Ireland, right? I was going to ask you, I thought he was Irish or yeah, mm -hmm. or Scottish or something. But yeah, it's pretty funny because, and then, and then this little soft, you know, kind of voice comes out of this guy that looks <laughs> looks and acts he looks mean as can be you know and and he I has a very strong a personality and the antithesis is who he is it's very engaging oh yes it's very very different <laughs> very different i love him to death but thank you for bringing that up thank you so much for bringing that up so again i want to say thank you so much for being here um i hope i'm so glad that we were able to make this happen by the way everybody listening third time's a charm we've had to and that's all been on me uh third time's a charm and uh we finally had the opportunity to get together and vivian it's been a pleasure getting to know you. I encourage everybody, please go watch Dishing It. Find it on Instagram, find it on all the links that we have below. Thank you so much, Vivian, for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I love you. Um, you have, you're serving as a role model for me. So I plan to incorporate little elements of all the things. And thank you for, for always being giving. And thank you. that's a way to look at when you give input, you add value, you're giving. And yeah. I'm receiving. So thank you for giving. Well, thank you so much. And everyone, thank you so much again for listening. And if this is your first time, welcome to our community. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to give us a great five-star rating and write a review about what you loved about listening to Vivian's story and what she's doing. And if you've been listening for a while, thank you. Thank you so much for continuing to listen and continuing to give me feedback on Instagram and Facebook and all those wonderful places. I love getting the instant messages about what we're talking about to help people move from life, from breaking through those glass ceilings. And we will catch you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. 
You've been listening to Success to Significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact. Loved this episode? Be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com slash S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.